Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today's lesson is about research methods in sociology. Specifically, today we're going to talk about surveys. Now, surveys, the definition is fairly simple. People are asked to answer a series of questions, and the sociologist records that information. The surveys are really great for studying a large number of people really efficiently. But students tend to distrust surveys. They tend to think that surveys, oh yeah, surveys are crap. And a big reason why is because most of the surveys the average teenager has been exposed to were not created by scientists. They were created by um, just random people on Facebook or companies who don't really care about the result of the survey. What they really want is to gather data from the person so that they can um, advertise to, to them more effectively. Um, th th that kind of survey, they're not effective at actually seeing what people think or feel, whereas one that's really designed well is. Okay, so we need to start. What do you need to make an effective survey? So step one in making an effective survey is you start by considering the population you want to survey. The population is every person with the characteristics you want to study. Uh, so, for example, uh, high school seniors or elderly women in Garland or teenagers with jobs and therefore money to spend on things. Uh, so that's the population. Every person that has the characteristics you want to study. Now, it, it's seldom really possible to survey the entire population. So instead, they survey a sample. So step two in making an effective survey is figuring out what sample you want. A sample is a group of people that represent the larger population. So think about it for a sec. If I just start gathering a sample, a group of people to represent the larger population, let's say that I want to survey high school seniors. So I go down in the lunch line in the cafeteria and I pick every third senior. I've made a mistake. My sample isn't accurate because a lot of the seniors go out to eat. Uh, some of them bring lunch from home. So it, it, isn't, it isn't a good sample. It, it doesn't really represent seniors. So what I need instead, this is step three in making effective surveys, or item three. You need what's called a representative sample. What that is, is a representative sample is a small kind of cross-section of people that accurately, accurately reflects the entire population. So if I was doing a survey of people in Utah, I would need to make sure that about 15% of my sample were Hispanic, because about 15% of the population of Utah is Hispanic. So a representative sample looks like a mini version of the population. If I want to survey people in the United States, then it gets really complicated. I want to make sure that I have so many women and so many men and so many rich people and so many poor people. And that's why only a really big company, a really powerful organization can effectively sample the entire United States. Uh, there are a few that do. Pew does, Gallup does, most importantly, the U.S. Census Bureau does it. And we're going to use some of their data in the assignment. Okay, so now that's how you make effective surveys, those three things. Consider the population, find a sample, and make sure your sample is representative. But how do you get the survey information? You do it with a questionnaire. You ask the questions. And there's two kinds of questions, close-ended and open-ended. 
A close-ended question means that there's a limited number of predetermined responses. So, like, would you rather vote for person A, person B, person C, person D? Um, that's a close-ended question. What's nice about these, the advantage of this, or the advantages, are that it's really easy to precisely measure. It's easy to run a statistical analysis on it. Um, it's easy to compare the responses from person to person and group to group, and it's easy to collect a lot of responses really fast. But there's some disadvantages too, like the responses are limited to the preset answers. What if, for example, in the last election, what if you they ask about Republican or Democrat and you wanted to vote for a third party person or you wanted to write in your person? Or what if that's a company surveying, how did you like the experience? And you're like, well, I really liked this part, but I really hated this part. They usually don't give you an option uh, to tell them that. So there, there's one disadvantage. Another disadvantage is that most people just don't respond. So it's a really expensive undertaking that often has a limited result, especially when they're trying to get that representative sample. They have to... Um, they have to really work to find the representative sample. And then once they do, the sample's always limited by the people who are willing to respond. Uh, last, the way the question is stated can change the response. Sometimes unethical people will do surveys. They'll call, this especially happens around election time and they'll give you two choices. Do, do you support this candidate or do you hate America? Well, that's not really accurate, right? You can't... They're trying to force you to say the answer that they want. Usually when you see a survey like that, it's not a real sociologist. It's not someone who really wants to understand. It's someone who's trying to trick you into supporting something that you may or may not support. Hey, the second kind, then, is an open-ended question. An open-ended question is where the respondent answers in his or her own words. And, and the advantages of that is you really get people's opinions. They, they can say anything they want. Well, I was thinking about voting for an alien from the planet Zorkon. And, and they can say that if they want to. I, I don't know why they would, but they could. Uh, the disadvantage of this is, of course, it takes a really long time, and it's really difficult to compare or analyze the answers. What they have to do in the survey is they have to then go through and say, well, this is closest to this. This is closest to this. So people, an example, they'll ask me what race I am. I always say Scottish <laughs> or Viking because my ancestors were Swedish or Scottish, a lot of them, and, and they don't know how to respond to that. I'm like, well, you know, white is just boring, so I, I, I'm going to give you this answer. And I know that they code that in, and they're just like, oh, this is just some white guy. But in reality, it depends on how people see themselves, too. So there's just kind of an example of open-ended questions too.